We're in, we're in. Radio. I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric, baby, when I turn it on. All from my city, all from my home. We're flying up, no ceiling when we in our zone. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Ooh, I can't take my eyes off it. Moving so phenomenally. Come on, like the way we rock it. So don't stop. of Archivist Best on Sexy Witches, a podcast from the Geek Girls Perspective. I am the head hauntress, and, well, that was a close shave. Almost didn't get on there. Uh, for some reason, my phone number wasn't working. They changed the new phone number. They gave me another one. My pin wasn't working. Told me my pin wasn't, uh, what didn't exist. Yay! Uh, all this shit went down, but now we're back to normal. And here we are. Well, sort of back to normal. I've got the flu, and I know that one of my other sexy witches has the flu. So, but we're here, and I'm glad you're with us. So please, if you want to join in on the conversation, the phone number, if it works, is 425-646-716-9172. Once again, 646-716-9172. Those sexy witches are looking forward to your call. So let me introduce my sexy witches. Uh, first is on, and I'll introduce my East Coast sexy witches on the East Coast in uh, outside of Roanoke, Virginia, in Clifton Ford. You have the sexy porn witch, actress in horror films, lover of Marvel Universe, media fan convention whore. You'll see her everywhere you go, and she is a badass. Please, please welcome to the show my sexy porn witch, Erin Marie. How you doing? I am the other one with the flu, as you can tell with my voice. <laughs> uh, I know, I know. I'm so sorry. How are you feeling, girl? <laughs> Better today, but very congested. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's kind of funny because this show, I had like a, a, a tick-borne virus uh, about a year ago, and I've had colds. I get to document all my illnesses on this show. <laughs> This seems to work out that way. So so we actually do have some business to talk about in just a minute with you because you actually went on a press extravaganza even though you were sick. You still got a little bit in at Ro- in Roanoke at Mysticon. And we'll talk yes, about that in just a minute as soon as I bring on our other sexy witches. So my other sexy witch is one of our regular correspondents on the East Coast Horror Con circuit. Uh, look for her coming up in Cinema Wasteland, and I think she may actually be going to Monster Mania. We're going to talk about a little bit about that at the end of the show tonight. Please welcome to my show, model, actress, and sexy vampire witch, Bonnie Pavone. How you doing, girly? Fucking awesome. Oh, no, Hi, wait, 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 sorry. Wait, wait, wrong envelope. No, I feel like <laughs> shit tonight too. <laughs> no, I have my, my notes. I just I have my notes here on an envelope. So. Wrong envelope. <laughs> Who gave it to you though? That's the real question. Who gave uh, it to Matt Damon? It's from United Healthcare. I wrote on the back of it. 
it's a tradition. Yep, I went to the emergency room last time. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but uh, so you, but you did get, and this is cool. And Queenie, you can talk about this too. And I know, I know that Aaron likes Aaron uh, on the West Coast likes games too. You got in some mm-hmm. of the gaming part of the show. So, we want to talk about? Yes. It. Yes. Mm. Um, the past couple of years, I've pretty much just stuck to like the panels and media guests and a couple of movies and things like that. But this time, I actually went and tried to explore like the gaming opportunities that they had there. And I had uh, my daughter with me, and we, you know, we did a circuit around the vendor's floor, which we found a lot of really amazing things. But when we went to check out the gaming, they were like, well, what are you into? And it's like, well, how about video games? They, on the fifth floor, had an entire conference room lined with nothing but televisions around the wall. It darkened every game console you could think of. They had a ColecoVision. They had a Jaguar Atari. They had like two or three different Ataris in, in the many different aspects that it had. Sega Genesis, wow. like all the Nintendos, nice. everything you could imagine. And you could just sit down and play. They had a list of uh, games that, that they had for each system, and you could just go up and request it. Oh, my gosh. I had so much fun in there. We, we were in that room for like two or three hours. I ended up playing Donkey Kong Jr. and Pitfall and all kinds of stuff <laughs> that I hadn't played in like 25 years. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. I was getting frustrated at Donkey Kong Jr. though because it's like, God, I forgot how easy you die, you little fucker. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> yeah. you got to remember, Donkey Kong, the original game, is still considered one of the hardest arcade games ever invented. The average And they, on- they had... They had an original Donkey Kong uh, actual arcade game, too. They had two or three arcade games set up, and the Donkey Kong one was one of them. Did they tell you the average time of an average person on a a Donkey Kong game in the 80s, what it was? Do you know? Uh -uh. 15 seconds. 15 seconds for your quarter. (laughs) (laughs) Three lives, 15 seconds. So. And so, um, if you want to see a great movie about the King, the King of Kong is such a great movie. It's a documentary about yeah. a competition where the guy tries to crack and he's the first oh, person yeah. to, to crack I've get seen to the that. screen it's of fantastic. Donkey Kong. Oh, yeah. And he, the, the, the one crazy dude, too, he owns an arcade down in Orlando. And I've always, like, been trying to bring myself to go down there and see him and go to his arcade because I bet you it's awesome. <laughs> so even though he is a little eccentric. But yeah, so uh, so what else you saw? You got to play some vintage games, and I know that the classic NES was like around at this particular festival um, or convention. Uh, well, oh yeah. Uh, in, and uh, so they what had. Was, um, go ahead. They had two different role-playing games going on throughout the weekend, Ooh. which I really had. I gone back to the convention, I would have participated in because they looked fun as. I'll get out. One of them, uh, one of them was a supernatural game, um, and one of them was a superheroes game. But the superheroes game, like the guy that was uh, one of the people that were running it, they were dressed in these very beautiful, um, like different pirate and steampunk outfits and things like that. And I'm like, that's the superhero game. But they had like a. (laughs) 
uh, a cage, a prison set up in like one of the rooms. I guess you had to like be imprisoned if somebody caught you. I don't know what was going on. They had like <laughs> character sheets. You could go in and talk to them and get a character sheet and, and figure out what was going on. And I, I was going to do that on Saturday and then I didn't get an opportunity to. But they looked terrific and everybody was participating. It just looked really fun. Clowns can throw some really cool RPGs, you know, because they have to do it in, like, this condensed time, so it can be really polished. Exactly. And you have a lot of fun. And I didn't, but, um, you know, Lydia enjoyed herself. We we walked around. We looked at things. I didn't even get to see Tony Todd, which was kind of sad. Oh. Yeah. So that's just one more thing on my bucket list to have to Hopefully, maybe they'll get him for Scares That Care. Um, I, yeah, they haven't actually got him you for Scares That Cares yet. I have faith in you. Know, she's uh, just down you know, right now. She's just, she's just down right now. You can't keep a good porn witch down. Well, you, you can. Oh, no. Well, you can calm me down. <laughs> Crazy. You can have her down, uh, up. <laughs> so, um, Let's go back to Lydia just for a second. Was there one thing, because she obviously is a modern gamer, uh, what what was games that she was latching on to? Um, she was actually playing, I think, Fallout, the original. Um, the Super Smash Brothers tournaments they had going. Um, and a couple other games I didn't really pay attention because I was, like, playing my own thing. But, uh, yeah, she was played mostly, I think, Fallout. And um, what about the vendor floors? What did you see around there that really stood out? I really, really, really love, for the past two years, they've got this one uh, booth set up where you can have their beautiful um, elf ears that clip onto your ears, and they're made out of, like, intricate wires and jewels and stuff like that. So it's just these really gorgeous little ornaments for your ears to make you them look elven. Those. Yes, I do. You need those. <laughs> I, have, I have a pair of kind of copper ones that I'll show you. My husband has a she pair of his character. And um, there was one booth in particular that had like these really cool jigsaw puzzle boxes. Um, you could uh, choose, you know, different characters, different pieces to it. Um, you can mix and match and make it into a, it's like this little puzzle box and it would have like a light up tea light in it. So it would, uh, depending on what you put uh, on the box, it was really spooky looking. Like they had, uh, they had a Kermit one. They had several um, like pentagrams and all kinds of different characters, anime and, but um, they were really cool. Well, I think the one fabulous. I liked the best was, the marionette from Five Nights at Freddy's. That oh. one looked pretty badass with a red light in well, it. You've always been a fan of, of Five Nights at Freddy's anyway, so that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, I was I had something to say, and, of course, it blew out of my mind because I'm on flu-ridden disease. But it sounds like it's awesome. Um, you had a good time. 
Uh, I was going to say, we got about 15 minutes before I wanted to start about talking about Oscar, and I actually had a couple of things I wanted to follow up with you guys before we get into that. Uh, if you have anything else, Erin, you want to talk about Mysticon, please interrupt me and let us know, because we want to, like, make sure we cover them. I always like Mysticon because it's a little smaller, though this year was pretty big, actually. Um, yeah, but they often, they're often highlighting uh, authors, and I always really appreciate the ones that, even even though I'm a film geek overall, uh, the ones that really give the authors love are always worth checking out those shows. And we thank Mr. Khan again for inviting us to come and cover their show. So um, thank you guys. Uh, one more thing before we go on. We're going to see you know what today is, guys. That Tuesday. Exactly. The green room is smoking, man. The fire just burning down. I'll throw my baby out the window when that door just burned down. All because it's on a And even though this will be a decidedly Oscar um, talk today, I thought because it's Fat Tuesday and it's Mardi Gras, I'm going to throw some Cajun music in there and some Mardi Gras music in there as well because I'm a huge fan of Mardi Gras and I absolutely love New Orleans and nothing is like Carnival this time of year in New Orleans. So um, now on a set, and actually this is a good segue because one of the crews in Carnival is called the Carno- is the crew of St. Joseph. And the crew of St. Joseph is actually the one where if you have ashes of a loved one, you march in this parade and then you pour your ashes into the, uh, into the river. Or, or actually, I'm sorry, Lake Pontchartrain, I believe it is. Uh, oh. and, um, and you're able to, that's the one time a year you're allowed to do that. So, uh, so I wanted to segue into that because obviously it's about the loved ones. Uh, obviously, even though Oscar kind of like is a big deal, Someone who never won an Oscar, would never win an Oscar, but we all know him, we all loved him, died right before it happened in a horrible heart surgery accident. And, of course, that was Bill Paxton, who died uh, right before the ceremony to, uh, yesterday. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not, like, a fan. I, want, I don't want to be, like, a liar and say, oh, I'm a huge Bill Paxton fan. No, I wasn't <laughs> a Bill Paxton fan that way. What is Bill Paxton is, I actually feel terrible. I almost took him for granted. Because he was always there, <laughs> you yeah. know. He he was a staple of everything like Terminator and and Aliens, which by the way, Aliens is one of my favorite movies. Uh, and of course, he was in Weird Science and Chet, which was like for me a big deal. Uh, you know, yeah. so uh, you know he was always around. And and it and it actually put a little bit of a damper on the uh, on the uh, Oscars just a tad bit last night, especially when Jennifer Anderson said something about it because they're really close friends. A lot of people don't realize how close those two had, relationships they had were. So you could tell she was pretty tore up being on stage talking about her friend who should not yeah. be dead. He was only 61 years old, died on the table. Oh yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's one of those things, again, here we are talking about someone gone too soon, and it just reminds us of our own mortality, ultimately. Um, I, I just wanted to... He just had a new show. show. He was just starting he just a new had a new show. show that started. Okay. So yeah, he did. Training Day. It was a, it's a, it's a, re, it's a, 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 an adaptation of Training Day. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, 
it wasn't like he was like sick or ill or uh, hidden illnesses, which has been the theme of 2016 was hidden illnesses. You know, he he had an illness, but not a bad one. He was just like, oh, I'm going to go into surgery. It'll be okay. It wasn't okay. And I, I feel horrible about, you know, and so rest in peace, Bill Paxton. And, um, you know, I hope he's fighting Zeno Marks in heaven because we need him. So, <laughs> um, now, and some positive news on the opposite end of the spectrum. As people pass on, there are characters in our world that don't die, and they come back over and over again in 13 different incarnations. And the DC world and our world, my not DC comics, but DC where I live, Washington, DC, got a huge announcement over the weekend about David Tennant, who is now going to be the headliner of AwesomeCon this year here on DC, our comic book convention. So Yay. the lineup hey, girl. right now, um, <laughs> my fa- Felicia, Felicia Day, right off of Mystery Science Theater 3000. You've got uh, Stan Lee, which, you know, go see Stan Lee. I mean, I've never actually seen He's Stan Lee or met him. Uh, I, got I totally want to flirt with Stan Lee. I'm so, I will oh. flirt with Stan Lee so bad. I know it. I'll be so bad. Oh. I love, like, awesome people. Yeah, I love them, them and they the love me. Doors. You know, he was our age. When he invented uh, Spider-Man, he was our age. He wasn't a spring wow. chicken at yeah. all. So yeah. he gives us hope. Them. You know, yeah. he gives us hope. Um, and <laughs> we're not done yet. We're going through. We're going through second puberty. Goddamn it! We got shit to do. <laughs> we're Sorry, my voice is cracking. We're Gen Xers, and we're just hitting our fucking stride. Now, if the baby boomers could get the fuck out of the way, we want to run things down. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, get the fuck out of the way. Matter of fact, I'm really glad I'm on the air with you guys tonight instead of watching television, because you know, all know what I'd be watching tonight and probably banging my yeah. head against the wall a bunch. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad I'm not doing that. I'd much rather dish and talk bullshit with all y'all. So thank you for that. <laughs> Um, so, oh, and then one more big thing, um, the Rondo, um, were announced over the weekend as well. The Rondo Hatton Awards, which is the award, right. uh, the top honors for classic horror and genre. And I wanted to give guys a big heads up and congratulations. We are nominated for best podcast. What? Oh, really? No, really? I'm lying. What? We're not. Sorry, <laughs> I'm kidding. Sorry, I'm kidding. No, if we were, you think I'd be able? To, I would have let off with that shit. <laughs> no, no. no, we 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 no, we did not get nominated for best multimedia podcast. It is one of my dreams. I've always wanted a Rondo. If I could win Are you sure? Because Warren no. Beatty told me we did. Warren no, Beatty no, no, told me we won, but you know. But actually, I wanted to give a shout out though. Uh, my boy J.K. from the Horror Happens Radio Show actually was nominated, and it's his third one. So congratulations, Woo! J.K. So uh, please vote for J.K. Score um, Duvall, of course, who's been on the show, was nominated again for a couple nominations, not just for horror hosts. Uh, Mr. Lobo was also nominated. We love Mr. Lobo. He's also been on the show. So, you know, there's quite a few of our guys that we love and, and respect, and we're going to – I will put up a list later on of who we know. And, and everyone, vote for Rondo. You have until April, I think, to vote for Rondo, and you can vote for everything from – 
best film to best cover of a magazine to best DVD extra. It gets really nerdy and wonderful. So, um, <laughs> and don't forget, I'm going to write what's his name in from Fangoria. I'm going to write him as a monster kid this year. So, uh, you know, Max, actually, I think he is actually up for monster kid this year. So, uh, uh, you know, Mingold. Uh, so, uh, you know, Michael, Michael, yeah. Yeah, Michael's yeah, Michael. fantastic. I think he's a, I think Michael's up for Monster We're total Michael Gingold fan, You know, they always have yes. one person of the year, and he's had, even though he got fired, he's had an amazing year after he got fired. So, for you know, real, gonna, for real. Yeah, so so I'm yeah. going to vote him for uh, Monster Kid of the Year. Um, Aw, that's for delightful. Sure. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so vote for Rondo if you can. So, those are those are my. I have a few more things, but I'm going to save them till after our Oscar talk. Is there anything people want to bring up, like something they've watched recently or have done that they oh, want to mention? I, uh, Santa I Clarita's diet. <laughs> oh no! Seriously, Santa Clarita diet is freaking fantastic. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I it is so too. bloody and gory and hysterical. It's pretty funny. Oh yeah. Quick. Queenie, what else did fun. you want to do? Oh, I also saw a cure for wellness. Oh, yes. Oh, did you really? How was that? Yep. Yep. Oh, wow. Um, it's like The Shining meets Shutter Island. Just weird. It's 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 really an interesting film. I don't know if I would say it's like a good film, but it's shot well. Like there's some scenes that look like portraits from you know a fancy wall. You know, <laughs> like just. Like and the, all the scenes in the asylum are just crazy, man. Just crazy. I can't really tell you guys too much because it'll ruin the film. But it is mm-hmm. weird and dark and gross and beautiful, like all at the same time. It's kind of like a fairy cool. tale in some ways. How it unwinds, like nice. it's just okay. creepy shit. Creepy shit. Oh, it's I guess some Frankenstein's monster shit too. Uh... <laughs> Okay. Now I'm like experimentation. She totally beat <laughs> me. I wanted to be super. Well, I I was. I everyone is like super excited, and everyone's gonna hate me probably for saying this, but I saw XX, the um, oh. anthology, the the, the the women's anthology, um, and uh, Yovanka claims that it is the first movie of its kind to be all written and directed by females and all having the leads be women as well. So there's cool. that. But um, there's four segments, and I, I forget all the directors, but Karen Kusama's in there who did The Invitation and Jennifer's Body, and I love her. And I was probably just by default looking forward to her installation the most, and I was kind of let down. It felt rushed and incomplete. I wish you guys had – you guys have to see oh. this now so I can see how you, you guys feel. But um, it was It was good. It was good, but and I don't know. They were um, – Yvonka's was um, based on a Jack Ketchum story, The Box. Um, yeah, yeah, and it it was cool, and I felt like I could – I felt like I could tell what she was going for, and it ended up being, you know, about a statement about family. She said she didn't mean for it to happen, but <clears throat> it just sort of came out of it and really focuses That's on cool. – yeah, it really focuses on the, you know, the dynamics of the family. By the by, the end it starts by focusing on the boy, and then it just spreads. And you know, yeah. I wasn't quite sure. I have to go back to the story because 
when you just watch the short, you're not quite sure what she's trying to say about motherhood or, or family or if she is saying it or not. So I felt that that was like a little unclear. And, and there were some also some, for in my opinion, some direction with um, some direction with the acting in that one. But, but everything was really shiny and awesome and polished and like pretty. There was, uh, unfortunately, I don't remember her name, but they had um, this cool stop motion, Elizabeth, um, uh, director, check, yeah, do um, the intro and then the, the segues between, not really full on segues, but just little interludes in between the four segments. And they had this stop motion stuff that was all creepy and, you know, in her mind reflecting what, you know, the kind of the spirited essence of what you would see in each of the shorts. And they all had something to offer, but I think I expected to just be like floored, you know, and I, I wasn't really, I wasn't really floored. <clears throat> There's a lot of, it's, it's fantastic that this came out. I love it and I want to see more, but it really, you know, it's just a testament to like how active women are in, in horror right now. And there's just so much great stuff that they're contributing. And the Etheria Film Festival that um, Stacey Pepe is putting together. Honestly, some of the films, some of the short films that I saw at that, and Elizabeth was watching with me, and I, I forget if everyone saw those at Days of the Dead, wowed me more in some ways than there was more polish on the final product in the XX anthology, yeah. but some of the, the shorts that that Pippi had in there, they just really, she really just kind of drove it home. So after seeing those just, you know, like not like even a month ago, I think I was just like, come on. But it was awesome. So I feel like I'm, be, I feel like I'm ovary bashing. I'm not at all. But uh, <laughs> Etheria Film Festival was also nominated for Rondo, so congratulations! And uh, yeah, Skins Cares was That's also. Fantastic. She worked Days hard. Of the Dead, yeah, I was very pleased. The first year that people noticed her, <laughs> I think Love Witch is up for award as well. Um, so uh, it, it, it was yeah. a good year for Stacey Pippi, and I'm really glad for her. Yeah. So did, did we mention before? She's awesome. Did we mention before that she's she actually wants to expand Etheria into all genre in general, like sci-fi, everything. She wants you know, to open a all studio. She, she's developing an all-women movie studio. And I want to bring her on probably in March and have, or April and have her talk about that because that's actually her, her end game. Yeah. I'll, really I'll bug her and remind her. I'll be like, come on. Yeah, so, come yeah, on. so come I'm on. really excited come about on, that. Visit, and, come on. <laughs> so and uh, so that that's all good. I was trying to. I saw like so many movies in the last two weeks, but my brain is just not letting me remind me of any of them because I was too sick to remember. I hate that. Um, Oh, but I did catch a bunch of the documentaries right before broadcast of the Oscars. I caught the White Helmets, which won Best Oscar for Short. Yeah. Uh, and it is. Oh my God. Okay, so it's on Netflix. So watch it now. It's only forty minutes. I'm glad it's only forty minutes because if it was any longer, I probably would have like slit my wrist. And I mean, it is just so sad. It is heroic as fuck. Like it is absolutely one of the most heroic films I've seen in a long time. At the same time, it is so sad. I mean, absolutely like devastating. People, people are assholes. Why the fuck do we do that to each other, man? For what people don't know, um, the White Helmets is about a group in Syria who formed. They're kind of like the Red Cross. And while everybody else is running away from bombings, they run into 
the bombing zones and rescue people. And that's what they do. Some used to be opposition fighters that gave up their guns. Some people are just doctors and nurses that want to, mostly men. There's a few women, but it's almost all men. They wear white helmets because they're going into areas with, uh, you know, dangerous things, and they all have GoPros. So everything is fucking documented, too. So, you know, and, and here they are, rescue, you know, they rescue a baby at one point. And, you know, and that often that kind of shot is played for manipulation, it was just the footage of them rescuing the baby. And at that point, I just started crying and crying. And I couldn't stop crying for the rest of the freaking movie. And and what happens to this group of people is that they go to Turkey, which isn't that far, and get training because they can't train in Syria. I mean, they're being bombed. matter of fact, um, Assad has now changed his tactics, and he knows they're going in to rescue people. So he waits, and he bombs them a second time so he can take out the white helmets. So that's what's going yeah. on. So, so all these guys are being sent to Turkey for tra- formal training. And while they're there, Assad hits their town, and uh, one of the guy's brothers go missing. But as they keep reminding us all through it, doesn't matter if it's my brother. It could have been anybody's brother. Everyone's our brother. Everyone's our mother. They keep saying this over and over again. Uh, and, uh, but, of course, we go to follow, and his brother survives the bombing, only to be killed in the hospital, which was directly targeted later. Uh, so, and and here, here he is in Turkey, can't do anything about it. He's completely helpless. And, you know, it, it's one of the – and it's just a slice of life. It's just like a little moment out of these people's lives and who they are as people. It's a very simple movie. Uh, it deserved to win, and, you know – a shame on the American government and the Syrian government for blocking the cinematographer for being able to give his friggin' Oscar on stage. Yeah. Fuck them. Fuck them in the ears. That is a bunch of bullshit. You know, the Assad regime found out he was going to get an Oscar, and they convinced our government to stop him. Our government stopped him, not the Assad government. Uh, Isn't know, it weird uh, that our government is so complicit, though? Just yeah, kind of odd. yeah, absolutely. Huh. Fuck them. You know, Weird. you know, it's completely late. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm really glad the White Helmets won. Mm-hmm. So congratulations because it, it was, you know, it, it always, you always can really when you watch the documentaries, usually the one, you usually can tell which one's going to be the winner. It kind of stands out amongst all the others. Um, except for I can't say that about the feature documentary because the OJ show movie was good. But compared to some of the other films I saw, I was like, really? There's so many more important movies on this list. Why are we, why, why are we giving the Oscar to O.J.? I mean, yeah, it's, it is a, it's a story about race, and it is. All matter of fact, three or four of the movies that were up feature were about racial yeah, relations. Yeah, not but like I thought 13th. That, but the 13th was a much more important film, and it deserves yeah. to win. And more people need to see it. Once again, it's, you can watch it right now on Netflix as well. Um, watch the the 13th is about the mass incarceration of our people because we are now officially as Americans. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, and the way it lays it out is uh, basically to say uh, the reason for the title is that the 13th Mm -hmm. amendment to the constitution, which bans slavery with the exception of prisoners, that is the loophole that American society has used to basically continue Jim Crow and slavery. And it lays out it, the case really well. It's, it, it, it's pretty really irrefutable. Does. 
it's pretty straightforward. And, you know, and, and of course, myself and Eric, Aaron, we both grew up in 80s and 90s California. We quite yeah. remember Three Strikes and You're Out really well. We remember oh, they were yeah. like, oh, it's just violent felons they are going to go to prison. No, drug offenders, guys getting parking tickets. We're going to jail for life. Uh, literally, know, literally like, a Jean Valjean situation where some guy yeah. steals something from a convenience store like Twinkies, and he's gone for yeah. life. Yeah, just and, 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 and we're going back to that because um, with the marijuana laws being lifted, all those privatized facilities were starting to become empty. And I know the, sca- the big scam that they were trying recently was trying to get, like, low-level sex offenders to replace them because nobody cares about sex offenders. Right. <laughs> we'll talk. That's, but, but that doesn't seem to be – it's not working as fast, I think. So now they're going to just fill them up with illegal immigrants. That's what's going to happen. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, it's an important movie because it's not talking about justice. It's talking about corporate greed corporate money and and the corporate system and even you know and of course alec gets slapped in the face a few times i wish i could slap alec a few more faces at a time <laughs> but, uh, you know but uh, but it's a good movie and and i wish it won over the oj movie i'm not saying the oj movie's bad it's actually extremely thorough but i also went through that shit in the 80s and 90s i remember yeah. every single friggin moment of that court my dad watched the whole thing from beginning to end. So huh. I was like, I, you know, so I watched it, and for me it was more rehash, you know, than anything, even though I did like what they were trying to spin. I don't know if you guys remember in race relations, there was like this big issue because a lot of people were happy that OJ got off, and everyone yeah. was like, well, why are murderers getting off? And it's like, no, it's not about that. It's, it's the revolt against the system. It was the first time the system actually didn't put this assume that a black man was guilty and threw him away. And that's what they were celebrating. And you uh, can also <laughs> argue that the uh, LAPD uh, tried to frame a guilty man, that there's plenty of evidence that LAPD just screwed up royally. And either oh. because they are monumentally incompetent, maybe the most incompetent law enforcement agency ever on the face of the planet Earth, or they were actively involved with trying to frame a guilty man. Well, but we which also... Which is what I tend to believe. Well, and also Aaron Kogan, myself, uh, growing up in the Bay Area, in L.A. in particular, remember those task force that would go oh, into yeah. neighborhoods for drug purposes and really make things a whole lot worse. For everybody, yeah. um, that's what training day is about. Coincidentally, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so you know, so you know, it's it, it, so there was this, you know, so the, there were some really heavy documentaries, and I let off with the documentaries because people, oh, you know what? We'll talk about fashion now here, but honestly, I wanted to talk with something more gravitas, which is more important because you know, honestly, as much as I, Emma Stone, it's awesome that she won an Oscar, and boy, did she look yeah. fabulous earning her off. Yeah. She did not look beautiful last night. She was probably best dressed, I would say. Um, yeah. It's not going to hurt her career if she lost. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, <laughs> she's going to get another job. It's it's going to happen. Now, the documentary filmmaker from Syria with the cinematographer, he gets an Oscar. That means he gets more work. So <laughs> it's 
really important for our short documentaries. And um, even though I, I'm still getting ultimately frustrated that Pixar keeps winning the doc, uh, animated short Oscar, <laughs> they don't need any more Oscars. Give it up. Let some real animators get some Oscars. Yeah. Oh, guys, you guys already got them all. Do you need any more? Do you? <laughs> Pixar, I love you. Do you really need more Oscars? Does Pixar really need more Oscars, guys? Please tell me. No. You think so? No. No, I don't think nope. so. I mean, Piper was nice. Piper was beautiful. Yeah. Piper, Piper played. I think they could make their own animated robot out of Oscar statues. <laughs> like a mech. Oh, I'm mecha sure they and could mecha. Mecha Oscar. <laughs> so, uh, though they didn't win the Oscar for best feature, neither did Kubo. I really wish Kubo won. But, uh, but I know, me I called too, it. Honey. But I called it Zootopia. I you knew did. Zootopia was gonna you win. Did. The moment, the moment I saw <laughs> Zootopia, I knew it was the Oscar winner this year. Uh, once again, and one, and this was the year for race relation movies, which is interesting because it's two years ago. So that would have been the Freddie Gray case. So you can see because it takes about two years for movies to cycle through. So I think that might be the Black Lives Matter movement started approximately two years-ish, three years ago. So I'm thinking that a lot of that was influencing people's minds and hearts, and that's why we had a a really interesting crop of movies, including Moonlight, uh, which won Best Picture. Are we sure it won? We're pretty sure it won, right? I haven't seen the envelope. Uh, you know, here's the thing, and I call, and I actually called La La Land because PGA and the DGA both voted for La La Land, even though Moonlight yeah. won a couple of surprises along the way, um, which is like un- I was hoping it was a practical joke. <laughs> I was hoping it I was oh. hoping it was a practical joke, like Yay, La La Land won, like Yes, and Hollywood is still so white, you know, and then it's like, but no. We did not win. <laughs> like no, like like they, you know, what I mean, like we're actually letting some some something else in there. I don't know. But then I'm like, nah, they would never do that. Well, well, that was what was. Well, first of all, it would have been totally insulting to poor Faye Dunaway and and, and Warren Beatty. And I do not like right. this. A lot of people have been giving them shit. Don't give these guys shit. What? No, 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 no. Price Waterhouse okay. Cooper fell upon their sword today. And they said yes. it was all their fault, and they take full responsibility, and they hand them the wrong envelope from a duplicate box because they have backups and safeties and da-da-da. And yeah, can't, can't blame Warren Beatty and Faye Dunway at all. All right, so here, here's what happened, guys. This is what we've been told so far. We still have a lot of verifications, but a lot <laughs> of people don't realize that there's actually two, two sets of Oscar envelopes behind the stage and there's two complete sets the reason for this makes total sense because people are going stage left and stage right during the broadcast sometimes that gets changed at the last minute it is live you know suddenly oh someone was supposed to come downstage but we need them to enter from upstage okay so they have a second set just in case they need to grab them so so somehow the set that was on the opposite side of the stage from the one that emma stone got um somehow got into the hands of Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway. The real question is, how has it got there? We don't know, Mm. Sal. (laughs) So, uh, you know, because the other guys, if you watch the moment, and Queenie, you should watch this moment. It's kind of crazy, the whole thing. Because you hear Warren Beatty looks at it, and I remember the dramatic pause. I'm like, come on, Warren. We all know Lala and got this, right? At the point, we've all been (laughs) Lala and got it. 
Matter of fact, my friend but is closing but a, up their but show. Elizabeth, the, the set is the same on both sides, though, correct? They have the same set of answers on the card on either side of yeah. the stage. Yeah, so right. it doesn't so they, matter which one he would get. It should still have the correct name of the, he, he of the film on it. So, uh, the so wrong, somebody, the accidentally, somebody accidentally handed him the, the yeah. second envelope for Best, uh, for best, best Actress. For La La Yeah, exactly. Her envelope so was in her hand, so somehow category. they got hands it, for the second one. It was a different category, and he just saw La La Land, and that stuck out to him. But well, you know what? Actually, Still... sorry, no, that's not exactly what happened, because there's this, like, dramatic pause. And I, I, heard, I watched him, so I'm like, come on, Warren. But no, actually, what he did, he was reading <laughs> it, and then he handed it to Faye Dunaway, who supposedly behind stage and all through have been fighting who was going to actually give an award away. Like, they were fighting about it, supposedly. Like, not nice about it either. Um, and, and so he handed it to her. He said, show her that it was wrong, but she looked at it and yelled, La La Land, right? <laughs> so there you go. Huh. So, you know, oh. so they, were, so they, they pointed <laughs> at each other, uh, you know, so here we go. But, you know, it, it, it was it was yep. an honest mistake that took away from two, you know, I wish Moonlight had won only, like, this didn't happen if so Moonlight would have gotten, like, to stand on its own pedestal for a while, because now there's this horrible fight between La La Land fans and Moonlight fans, and I'm like, what the fuck, guys? The La La Land guys were gracious. They, they've they been t- on tour with these guys for the entire award circuit. These guys have been hanging out together. There was no way the La La Land people were going to give the Moonlight people shit. Matter of fact, they were going to be more excited for the Moonlight people because they've been the underdogs this whole time. Matter of fact, um, on a side note, Queenie will like this one. Uh, I actually don't know. Maybe Aaron Kogan or, or Aaron Marie might know this. Or maybe Bonnie, you might know. What's up with the Casey Affleck controversy? Can you guys fill me in? Because I have yes. no idea about it. Yeah. Uh, because it, he, in 2010, um, two separate women on the set of a movie uh, accused him of sexual assault. Um, one of them said that he crawled into bed with her when she was asleep at night, and she woke up with him, like, caressing her back before she kicked him out. So... And he made them quietly go away out of court, but yeah, he's been charged with money. sexual assault twice. <laughs> but okay, so so that and so here's the weird thing: Brie Larson won Best Actress last year, right? Yeah. So that means, and she won it in most for playing of the a rape victim. Yeah, playing a rape victim. Well, playing in, uh, more than that, even a slave, sex slave, actually. Um, and she also. Because of that, and she won a bunch of other awards, has been giving Casey Affleck awards, all awards circuit. And mm. so there's the shot of her not clapping, even though she was very gracious on stage, but backstage she was kind of putting her hands down and stuff. And that is why, because, you know, she's this huge advocate for, like, stopping sexual trafficking and, and things like that. So, I, you know, so the whole thing must have been silly. You know, whether, whether you agree one way or another, she found it extremely awkward, and that's what those shots were from. So those are the most controversial things that happened during the Oscars, other than they accidentally showed the picture of someone who was alive during the In Memoriam. There yeah. was that, too. Did <laughs> they? Yes, I don't know did. about this, Duto. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, I got to look up her. They got the name right. I don't okay? even know but about this. But they got this. the picture wrong. 
Okay. Oh, um, I got. Yeah, well, the way it's, it's fucking actually, going lately, they're like, you, they, that, they forgot. That's a new category. That's their best bet for the next one to go. They just forgot to add it on at the end because they're just dropping like flies too soon. Too yeah, soon, but how soon. would you feel if you were, okay, first of all, they got the right person name correct, which would have been name, Janet yeah. Patterson, who is a costume style driver. But the picture was. The picture um, was incorrect. Yeah, the picture was incorrect, and I think she might have even been in the audience. Uh, Jan Chapman. It was Jan Chapman. Um, you know, and, and so can it's you It's like imagine? a British comedy. I fucking love it. <laughs> I know. It's like an episode of IT Crowd. <laughs> so according to, according to uh, the, the Academy, this is what happened in this case, okay? So there was a, um, a photo of three, of Janet That's Patterson, funny. of Dan Chapman, and one other girl, I don't know who it was, and they photoshopped the wrong person. That was what happened. <laughs> wow. But, you know, I know. But I still, it's like, holy crap. Can you imagine looking at, watching the In Memoriam and suddenly mm-hmm. seeing your own face there? Uh, <laughs> oh, shit, man. I better take some fucking medicine right now. <laughs> I mean, oh, my God. Uh, she, she's but she, oh, maybe she said she, they, they said that she's been taking it in stride. But, you know, I don't know. I, I would be kind of like. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so, um, and the last major flub of the night, which was actually kind of funny, um, it was during the best snu- uh, song, um, the, the, the second best song, which was, uh, first of all, Lin-Manuel Miranda had been, like, totally touted. Oh, he's going to sing on stage during the Oscars, and I was all excited. And then he, like, I'm going to introduce a song with a rap and walk off stage. I'm like, what? You know, come back, come back. But anyway, all that good. <laughs> but, but, but the, but the singer – yeah, well, it was a good rap. It was good, but I was like, what the fuck? You, you've been touting. I thought he was going to sing a duet with her, right? And it ended yeah. up not being that way. So she comes out and sings How Far I Go, and she's doing a nice job. And there's these pretty dancers that have these, like, flags and waves and everything. One of them spins them around and pops her in the head. Go back and watch yeah. it again. She totally gets bonked in the head, and she doesn't stop yep. singing. I give her a lot of credit for that. She kept I noticed going. that. <laughs> but she, she kind of she got hit at really Gaga hard. level. Yeah. Oh yeah, and you can see <laughs> so, her smile Gaga and take it in stride. Yeah, her hair's messed up for the rest of the song, but she but got through flawlessly. But that's live TV for you. You know, I will say though, even with these horrible flubs, it was probably one of the most entertaining Oscar shows I've seen in a long time. And and I, I thought it hit. I hit the right notes. It wasn't overtly political, but when it was and needed to be, it was. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very mostly about the love of film and art, and I really liked that that positive message how art brings us all together was really the theme of the whole night. Mm-hmm. And and you know, yeah. and Viola Davis's acceptance speech was all about that, and it's one of mm-hmm. the best speeches. So good. It was so good. So good. And. Um, and and you know and then everyone looked and the red carpet had very few duds this year so let's go frivolous talk about the red carpet and we're gonna start with Bonnie because I know she always has something to say about this and I missed why um, who were you talking about that I didn't get a chance to look about it you didn't like their hairdo but Aaron did which one was that oh oh there was Halle, Halle Berry did. I'll get yeah Halle Berry it was sort of, it's it was nice but she, it was so big it was in it like. It was big. It, it was it was cool and windswept, but it was just so big. It wasn't it, horrible. It, I was just like it kind of looked whoa. like a wig. It yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. A it was big, like 
there, there's something about um, like, like every art is subjective, right? It's all subjective. So looking at it, it just it didn't look balanced to me in the picture. It looked a little too. It looked almost mad. Like she was like, she's like, oh, I want to be Helen the Bottom Carter. She's like, no, no, you're Halle Berry. Oh, you're Halle Berry. You know we like that on Helena. You're Halle, not Helena. But my my favorite my favorite dress was Jessica Biel's dress. And also when they Justin go. was like, you know, hiding, like, you know, posing and hiding behind her, like, like a, like a cat and stuff. That was fucking funny. But well, she looked her like dress, an Oscar. I wanted to like, yeah, she, she looked did. Justin exactly what I was going to say. She looked, she looked like Oscar, and she also looked like kind of um, a grunge Nefertiti. Or and, mm. and what what came to mind to me was kind of like some sort of a you know, college humor video where like they show her it cuts in my mind, it cuts to earlier in the day and she's going through her everyday stuff and she's like dropping off the kids at soccer. Of course she's got the dress on, you know, and then it's like, it cuts, she gets out of the car and she snags her dress because the the dress is super cool, but it had all these little kind of like on purpose snags all over it, these runs and stuff. So it looked very like nineties. And so I just kept imagining her like getting caught on everything throughout the day. Like, Oh damn. Oh shit. And then by the time she goes that night, you know, that's what the dress looks like. Um, I want to say for the record, because I had to relook at Halle Berry's hair, I actually love her hairdo, not so much the color. I think that's where I fall mm. on it. I don't like, I think the highlights are matching her dress, and that's what she's doing. But I think I would have gone for a more uniform statement or more natural color. But I do like the big, bushy, curly hair. And I, 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 I didn't I like it on the red carpet, but I liked it on stage, too. On stage, it looked really good. And she read yeah. right across that room. You know, everybody up in the upper rafters knew that was Halle Berry. And, that, that, and that's what a good dress should do on, on an Oscar stage. It should read, not just for the front row. It should read for the guys up in those leaves. So, okay, so uh, was so that she, her real hair, or was she wearing a wig? I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to look at that up. Natalie convinced it's a wig. I, it might I, she, be. she didn't like the hair, and she was saying, you know that's a wig. And I said, is it? I don't know. I wasn't so fan of Jessica Biel's hair either. And I think it's a, a small of, animal. A lot of <laughs> the, the hair of the night I didn't like was Char- Charlize Theron. There was just something off about it. No, it was just like you know, it was funny. the ponytail. No. It was the ponytail on the back, like yeah. like Scarlett. That's what it was. Because the front, I thought the front looked cute. Too. And I thought Scar- Scarlett pulled it off a little better. Yeah, Scarlett was better. better. In fact, that's exactly the way I've wanted to cut my fucking hair lately, and I was like. Oh. It's totally punk. Like, like, can I you love see Scarjo uh, with that hairdo and, and, and Queenie, put this in your mind, little punk hairdo that she had. She could totally play in the Leanna Quigley story. I would love to see her in the, oh. like, you know what I'm saying? That'd be she amazing. Would look, she, yeah, I think she would be That'd awesome be as like, I would be down for, for ScarJo in the Luanne Quigley story. I think that would be a great mm-hmm. independent film right there. And you know she does. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, so ScarJo <laughs> looked amazing as usual. I mean, she never doesn't look amazing. Um, yeah. Same with Nicole Kidman. She was my second favorite look on the red carpet. It was a little beige, but it perfectly matched her skin. And I loved all the all the lattice work on her dress. It was very much like an Indian sari, but with a modern twist on it. And so I really, really liked Nicole Kidman. And with her shock of red hair, having a sedate colored dress doesn't hurt at all because her hair is just 
takes all the it, there's so much color in her hair that she can balance almost anything i've ne- i've only seen her misstep once on the red carpet in my entire life you know um so but there was a lot of gold a lot of beiges on the red carpets this year um there was a lot of shocking reds but honestly i wasn't a fan of any of the dresses a lot of people liked them but i didn't jennifer good godwin had a red i didn't like dress. any of the red it takes a special red dress, in my opinion, to stand on Except a red carpet. Because one, it's never the same red. It, it pulls you mm. down into the carpet. You're like, mm. I'm not Yet I don't like it at all. Like red and black will work, red and gold. But it takes a very special, special well, red but, dress, but way, in my opinion. Or even break dresses. it up with different shoes. I love Valentino dresses, and there were three Valentino dresses, and I wasn't a fan of any of the Valentino dresses, and that's so weird. Now, Mm -hmm. Viola Davis looked fabulous in red. I want to say her dress, and when she gave her award, she just looked amazing. Got her award. She looked so good on stage. So, hey, hey, we got a girl, uh, you know, Amanda Waller, um, Amanda Waller from Suicide Squad has a freaking Oscar, ladies and gentlemen. So, it's pretty awesome. And speaking of hair and makeup, let's segue, because it's now 10 o'clock to the elephant in the room for us sexy witches, the hair and makeup categories. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, uh, oh first of, God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kogan. I said God. I, there is no God. Aaron Colgan, you're feeling a little dramatic this evening. Yeah, All right. Oh, Mike. Come on. I, God was delicious. All right, yeah, I guess more little girls were dressing up as Harley Quinn. That's not really a reason to give fucking professionals an Oscar. Uh, Let's look at what was achieved in Star Trek Beyond. We had the creation of 50 different aliens, and they really pushed the envelope. This was, you know, way beyond the... You can tell this guy's an alien race because he's got pointed ears or a big forehead. They really yeah, pushed ridges. shit out. Ridges. And, we uh, got ridges. <laughs> <laughs> so do Russells, <laughs> all right? Russells have ridges. So do Klingons. <laughs> Get over <That's> it. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, there was some really good work in uh, Star Trek Beyond. And uh, although... You did make a good point that a lot of it was background. No, on background, background, on extras, on extras. Okay. Yeah, a no lot of it was. Role. No, that's not true. That's not true. Uh, Idris Elba's character, Crawl. Um, spoiler okay. alert but, for anyone who hasn't seen the film. First off, why haven't you seen the film? It was last year. Uh, but <laughs> the work on him was so good that just looking at the pre-production work. I didn't know he was playing Crawl. It was really good stuff they did for him, and he was a major character. He was but, the major heavy. I, I just don't think enough people like were. I mean, everyone saw Suicide Squad, and even people who didn't see Suicide Squad saw the costuming from Suicide Squad. But here's what I feel. I, I actually called this win because I knew that more people had seen Suicide Squad than the Star Trek movie. And even though the Star Trek movie has superior work, Suicide Squad was saw by more people and, and ultimately, makeup-wise, is going to have legs for years. And the Italian guys getting their award was so adorable. So you have to admit that, Aaron. Yeah, no, they were the, adorable. They, they were so cute. The little, little Italian guys designed 
uh, Suicide Squad. I didn't know. And they're like, oh, we won, we won. Yay. And I'm like, yay. What does the Academy base that sort of thing on, though? Do you guys, does anyone know? What does the Academy base that that sort of, exactly exactly that that area? What do they base it on? Do they base it on, um, you know, like money that the movie pulls in? And, no. and how much it's going to touch pop culture, or are they... No, no, no. Like, the or, nominees no, like, you know, are done by the professionals. Because it makes a total difference. The, the, the yeah. people who, who make up the wing of the Academy that do hair and makeup uh, vote on the nominees, and then everyone votes on the nominees that have been previously picked, which is why Star Trek Beyond won at the Hairstylist Guild Award last week and why it lost at Oscars. You know, this is how I feel about it. Once again, I am annoyed. Like, first of all, it's important that we have effects makeup as an Oscar. But the Oscar ceremonies are missing two Oscars that should be added. And one of them should be beauty makeup. They need to separate the two out. Because, honestly, Suicide Squad had the best beauty makeup last year. You can't say Harley Quinn wasn't a fantastic beauty makeup. You know, and then you have Star Trek Beyond mm-hmm. with their effects makeup, and it's comparing apples and oranges. I don't count Killer Croc as a really good makeup because a lot of that was CG digital um, manipulation. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know. So and the other it, film it, it, that was nominated, the Swedish film, was Making a Guy Old. So, you know, well, that, but, that's, that's what but, they were looking but, at. Oh, 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 but wait a minute. One thing, though, old man makeup is literally the hardest makeup to do. Yeah, and that's why it was nominated. But uh, no one thought going into it that, um, (laughs) gosh darn, I wish I could remember the name of the film, um, that that was going to win. Most everyone thought it was going to win. A man called Old? Something like that, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Have not seen it. I, I actually don't mind the Suicide Squad win because, damn it, it's the only way it's going to because it's definitely not going to get it for screenplay. Uh, oh, you know, or anything so. else because it sucked. Oh. And here's the other thing. It's based on a good book. You can go back and read. I, come over to my house. I'll let you read the original issues. It's a good book. If, and they if they do the, the Harley Quinn up. Poison Ivy movie, I am totally going to see it. So, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, yeah. I, I'm totally on board Hopefully they'll get Paul Dini or someone, you know, right. who, I don't know, is, you know, somewhat familiar with the character to write the movie. That yeah. would be awesome. Can you imagine that? Someone who liked the characters and knew about the characters wrote it. Wow, I would love to see that. Not to mention Queenie. There might be some hot lesbian action in that movie, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I, I think I want to see it. <laughs> well, yeah, that got confirmed this last year. Actually, I want to see my poison ivy and Harley love. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. I mean that that you want to talk about bad romances like Lady Gaga's talking about. <laughs> that is the definition of a bad romance. It's even worse. It's, it's it's more powerful than even Joker and Harley because those girls are terrifying together. <laughs> so, I mean, they're good for each with, other. They're good they for are. each other. They're actually it's like true. a good couple. Well, that's the thing. They were they're terrifying because they work so well together. They don't you know yeah. there's it, it you like, know it it a, there is a level Harley through a shit. Joker is an abusive partner. I mean, even mm-hmm. in his best days, he's an abusive partner. And, yeah. uh, and not, you know, and they do, and, and I'm not saying that good, submissive, dominant relationships can't exist. They can. 
but you know that's not the Joker. He's not that kind of a person. He doesn't go. You know, <laughs> as a matter of fact, he's you know, not a good the, daddy. Uh, no, and, you know, matter of fact, the Lego movie, which I saw, by the way, that was the movie I saw. I went to Batman Lego with my family. Uh, you know, that's actually was kind of cute. Oh my god, it was so funny. But that's exactly what it's about. It's about relationships between Batman and 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 Joker having this like affair, like and (laughs) I'm you know because he he wants he's his grand henchman, right? And 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 Batman doesn't want to admit that he's the grand henchman. And the whole point is like that's why he's like doing this. He's trying to just get his attention. And you know, it's a pretty fun film. I actually really like the Lego Batman movie. Will Arnett's funny. Oh my God, is he funny? I <laughs> so, love Arnett. Uh, oh God. Yeah, I know. Have you guys? So, yeah. has, any, has everyone seen Wrist Cutters? Oh, he has yeah, a smaller role in that. Wrist Cutters is such really a tiny little movie. movie, but it's so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What movie is that? Wrist, Wrist Cutters, a love story. Wrist Cutters. I have seen Wrist Cutters. That's it's the one good. with the car with the vortex in the it, under the seat. Yes. 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 <laughs> Yep. I totally saw that. So, yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, yeah, you can get that on Netflix, I think. I think. I'm not positive, but I think you can. Uh, so, um, do we have anybody else we wanted to shout out on the red carpet really quick? Like, I wanted to shout out to one of the guys, Mr. Ali, who won Best Supporting Actor. Um, he was my favorite male of the night. Uh, and uh, with his little, like, fly-ass suit. And I also want to give a shout out to The Rock. Even though he didn't, it wasn't the best look, you're not going to tell him he can't rock the purple velvet because it's the rock. And so he was rocking the purple velvet smoking jacket. He and, totally you know, did. He I, I don't it. think we need Chris to Evans do velvet anymore. I don't think we need to do ruffles anymore. This isn't a <laughs> 70s prom, boys. Never go back. No, no. back. I didn't. I wasn't. What about Chris Evans? Whatever. Aaron. Whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. What Chris about what Captain America was wearing? Yeah, no. I he looks good, but no, just no. No, just no. And, <laughs> Wait, yeah, who, who, who no, just, just say no to Velvet. Who looked like she was wearing the uh, prom dress backwards? Dakota. Oh, that was oh yeah, the one uh, from Fifty Shades. Do what I want. The girl yeah. from Fifty Shades. Yeah, yeah it, it did. No. It looked backwards, and and Elizabeth was. A, you're totally right. The silk. You can't do silk. It just. No, it's, you're I, sitting I, and then standing and then going. You're so it's all creased and then it's all sticking to you strangely. No, I've watched too many of these award ceremonies, and I know that the light beige beige silks like that stay the fuck away from them. My best example yeah. of that was the year that. Um, Julia Roberts, I think she won Oscar. No, no, it was the year after she won the Oscar because she had that beautiful black and white dress on the year she won Eric Frere and Brockovich. But she had this, and in its essence, I could see it being a beautiful dress. Like she had this silk dress on, but even she was unhappy and they made her twirl. And she's like, are you really going to make me do this? Because he knows that she's <laughs> half incorrectly, right? She knows this. You can tell. She's completely aware that the silk is, is, is not clinging correctly. And, and so I, and that was the moment, like I said, I just put it all together. You're right. I've never seen a good silk dress on the red carpet for the Oscars in my life. I've seen some amazing uh, chiffons. I've even seen a tweed dress once that was pretty awful and awesome. And I don't like tweed, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, but no, you know, I would even give no. shout out to Bjork's dress. 
to an extent because Bjork's dress, they put some time and effort into that motherfucker. You know, uh, but, you know, don't ever wear the page silk on the red carpet. Stay away. Stay away. So. Give a shout out to Selma Hayek, though. Damn, did she yeah, look good. Oh, beautiful. Uh, I was mm. telling her yeah, that was one of my favorite Hayek. dresses. You could put yeah, her in Dunlap, uh, burlap sack, and she'd still be amazing looking, you know. Well, but I always remember how small short she is. She's, like, so tiny. She's, like, little, like, little, and you just want to, like, like, like <laughs> pick her up and spin her around in that dress. It was so beautiful. Uh, you know, like, yay. Um, so uh, let's go with I haven't talked to Aaron Marie in a while, let off. What did you think of Jimmy Kimmel's performance? I really enjoyed him. I loved that he kept the Matt Damon, like Jimmy Kimmel fuel feud going on that they've had on the show for years. That was hysterical. Um, I loved like the dropping of the candy in the audience and stuff like that. And now let down the coffee. <laughs> I, I enjoyed him. I really liked when when he like played Matt Damon off stage before he even had a chance to speak. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. So that was one of my favorite moments of the night. And even Matt Damon thought that was funny because I don't think he was in on the joke at that point initially. Then he realized what was happening. He's like, oh, I get it, you asshole. I'm going to get you later at the governor's ball. Just wait. Right? So, yeah. Um uh, so anybody else has some opinions of Jimmy Kimmel? Uh, have you heard that some people are actually saying his performance is racist? Yeah. Did you hear that? You know, I heard that. Was, I don't know that I buy it. Okay, so there was two things people were yelling about this, and I actually disagree because, first of all, he's a comedian, and a lot of it was ad lib. He might have made some mistakes that way, but, you know, it wasn't like he was being racist. It just came out funny. Um, he was make, he was having a hard time with a lot of the names uh, for Oscar, including, and I don't even try to say his first name, but Mr. Ali from Moonlight, the one best supporting right. actor, you know, and so he was kind of making fun of the names, but he wasn't really making fun of the names. He was making fun of himself, not being able to pronounce them. And people were like, well, that's a microaggression of a white guy. That was the first one they were saying about him. The other one was at one point he lifted the other kid from Moonlight, the little guy, the one that uh, he floats in the water. Like he lifted him up as like Lion King. But it was just kind of, a you know, and so everyone's like, well, that's racist. So those were the moments that people are calling. Yeah. I thought that was an adorable moment. Yeah. That little kid was so cute. I have no idea. You know, I guess if you're you're searching for something, (laughs) you can find something. But I don't think that he went black kid Lion King. I think he went kid Lion King. And then the joke, you know, about, okay, you lift me up. That's funny. It's silly. I I, I, I didn't think... I'm a fan of Jimmy Kimmel from way back in his K-Rock days, and I didn't think he'd be able to pull it off. And and even though I I like his style of humor and everything, I thought he was a bad choice, and I was wrong. He did a really nice job with everything. I I thought he kept the show rolling, and I never felt bored during any of this runtime. I was annoyed sometimes, but I wasn't bored. At all, and, I you would know, these love shows to know get. what was going through the heads of those tourists. Right? Oh, they were much more nonplussed than I think I would be. 
Well, you know, the funny thing is one that, that, that Denzel Washington took the selfie with, the married couple, the couple that was engaged, they actually did tie the knot right after the show. So they're now officially wow. married. So that was kind of funny. Uh, you know, I guess at this point you met Denzel Washington and he gave you the blessing on the marriage, you get married. I think that's what happened. You know, <laughs> Denzel Washington right. said, get married to that guy. I'd have to think about it because it's fucking Denzel Washington. I'm like, first of all, why are you talking to me? You're Denzel Washington, but okay, I'll take your advice. You know, so you know, he's cute. I absolutely um, loved the celebrities greeting every one of them, getting up, giving hugs, like shaking their hands. They were so cute. Yeah, it was good, but I, I wish they had taken some of that time and given it to Jackie Chan earlier. Uh, you know, yeah. you know he, Jackie Chan got the gov- was at the Governor's B- Award show, which is the one they have a couple weeks ahead of time. They do two separate other award shows: the Governor's Show Ball, well, and then there's the uh, or Governor's Award Show, and then there's the Science and Tech Awards. And uh, he won an honorary Oscar because you know Jackie Chan is not going to win an Oscar for acting, but he is probably the best choreographer choreographer of his generation. He definitely deserves yeah. something, right? Matter well, fact, and we've probably other... mentioned he's made over 200 freaking films. Yes, directed, sake. starred, acted, choreographed, edited uh, sometimes. Uh, you know, broken so, how many so, bones in his? Yeah, come on. No, yeah. right? He I started mean, so, way back so in the Jackie day with Sema Hong. Hasn't isn't it prolific as prolific over here? But like, a, if we're gonna mention Jackie Chan from back in the day with Sema Hong, oh, love him. Yeah, so. Yeah, but but they all they did was give him he gave they gave him a special seating obviously he had a, like a box seat but you know he, he got a shot and everyone clapped and everything and that was it I wish they had given him a walk on just one just for a yeah. moment let him walk on he doesn't have to give a speech just do a walk on and wave because it's Jackie Chan come on guys we got to give this man props I mean he has been he is the Buster Keaton of our generation and well really said. you're gonna miss him. We're going to miss him when he's gone. So, you know, he, he deserved a little bit more than that. So, I see remember I he presented to... one year, too. He did, I think. I'd have to look it up. Okay. I'm pretty sure he did present Yeah, one. I think he did. But, but congratulations, Jackie Chan. He certainly earned that. He's broken every more single one that. of the bones in his body, he said. So, I uh, believe yeah. him. Can you imagine breaking every bone in your body at least once in your lifetime? Huh. <laughs> You'd either be Jackie no. Chan or Evil Knievel, right? I broke my tailbone, and that was enough. <laughs> uh, I broke, I broke my that wrist hurts. once. It, it, it sucks. It really does. Like my my <laughs> tailbone is still messed up because, like, your back once you, know, you like break anything. Oh yeah, and you can't sit properly ever again either because I yeah. also broke my tailbone, and, and it always feels weird. You know, <laughs> yep. like weird, but you know, what are you gonna well, do? I get pain. Gotta, so. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I just get yeah, awkward. So now I'm imagining you both with tails, and it's just weird. <laughs> no, don't do that. We're, we're not Avatar or any of that kind well, of I'm stuff. Well, I'm a wolfie, so I do have a tail. Ch- Speaking we... of tails, has oh, anyone true. seen that's Siren? True. No, I haven't seen has Siren anyone yet, seen but Siren? I really want to. Isn't that the I want to see it, too. Movie? That's the evil <sighs> musical mermaid, right? Is that the lore? I forget. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I had I didn't see uh, that. I think it played at Fantasia and I didn't get to see it. Okay, yeah, okay, fantastic. that's right. They're, they're two different films, The Lure and Siren. I have to remember that cuz I want to see both yep. those movies. Oh, I see what you did there. I thought you were just mentioning uh-huh. another movie. 
No, no, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a mermaid craze lately, I tell you. Evil yeah, mermaids are awesome. They are. Awesome. They are. <laughs> well, the way that they do this, they call it a siren, but it's taken, you know, anyone that's seen the, the VHS anthology knows that, like, they didn't really portray her like a siren. She was, what's the word? No. Like a harpy. She was like a harpy or something. Yeah. You know? okay. Yeah, yeah or like a succubus. She, you know, yes. she's like Lilith. She wasn't a siren. So why they're calling yeah, it no, siren, she, is that, that kind of put me I, off. I, I get, but. That confused me too, because I, because I, when I first saw that movie, I was, I assumed that she was a succubus, like she acts like yes. one, and, exactly. and she falls in love, exactly. which, which you have succubuses actually do fall in love with the, the people that they're imbibing. Often. Oh, they have you to know. make it all the more sweeter when they take that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Roscoe makes it look all glamorous. I mean, that's what I've read. But being a succubus is not glamorous <laughs> in folklore. It's a very tortured soul. Yes. I mean, you got to yeah. remember, demons are oh, tortured yeah. souls. They're not like, oh, we're going to suck you dry. No, we're going to suck you dry, but I love you. And no, I'm they, you they anyway. sparkle. They sparkle. Yeah. They, go to, they go to high school. Then they turn into wolves. <laughs> oh, then, and they, they have fights and throw each other into trees. They, when they play baseball, they create thunder. <laughs> oh, but I like that scene. That's the only scene I like because it's got a new song in it. <laughs> you savvy bitch. I love you. <laughs> so looking forward to Disney Pixar's Succubi. This is just oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, I don't know the That's, There you go, speaking of. What? <laughs> Nobody told me this. I'm the last to know everything. Always. Bonnie Hope, it's all right. I'm always the last to know anything, too, and I actually run this show. So these guys hold out <laughs> on me all the time. So uh, so oh, do we have any final things we want to talk about on the Oscars before we move on and talk about a few more things? Uh, I, I do want to mention, I think, my other favorite moment of the night was when um, they they were they cut out the montages this year, which actually I thought was for the better, which is good. And and you know and they didn't do the stupid trailers, you know, best picture, and then you have to watch the trailer. I'm like, give me a fucking clip, guys. These guys are up for best picture. Give me a clip of the movie. They went back to that. They went back to showing clips instead of the stupid trailer reels. And I give them crops to that too. Uh, but the, my favorite like audience that they had these things when they were having people go through like their favorite movie and they sit in the theater and they talk about, well, this was my favorite movie and I saw this film and it was awesome and it changed my life forever, right? It was one of those kind of things. I don't even remember half of them, except for two of them. One was the final one, which was Jimmy Kimmel, who was totally razzing on Matt Damon with, we go, and he was doing We Go to the Zoo. We bought a zoo. Which was real, We bought a zoo, which was really, really funny because, of course, We Bought a Zoo is just a silly movie. And it totally worked. But the one that was, it was Seth Rogen talking about Back to the Future. And so, you know, you got Seth Rogen talking, and then they introduced um, the next thing with Seth Rogen and, and Michael J. Fox walk out together. There's a, the DeLorean's actually on stage in the back, and it comes up a super geeky moment. And he's like, you know, he goes, I'm wearing space shoes, which he was, by the way. He was wearing the Nike space shoes. And there's a DeLorean in the background, and there's Michael J. Fox. My, he goes, the only thing to complete my bucket list is to sing uh, the Skyless Sisters from Hamilton in front of Lynn Memorial Miranda. <laughs> and then he goes, look around, look around, how lovely we are to be alive right now. And I was like, yes! <laughs> so that was my favorite. And Michael J. Fox even joined him. It was awesome. Oh yes, 
awesome. It was like the super geeky. Leave it to Seth Rogen to drop the super nerdiest, geekiest moment of the night. Okay, I I totally he's give adorable. Seth I totally oh always God. hear stories about how he's like not nasty pussy grabbing, but like always hitting on all the chicks like hardcore on all the productions. But like he's just so cute. I would totally he's adorable. Accept that I yes, like when I went out to LA for the little picture I did, the, <laughs> some of the girls that were in like the younger girl party scene, they're like, "Oh, I just worked on Lucas, and you know, just not, oh, he was after me the whole time." Da da da. But they didn't really seem to mind at the same time, you know. So. Well, it, I'm like, so yeah, I'm like, but you never. I'm like, you haven't said that you said no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, long as he's not grabbing people by their cat. It's okay. You know? No, I didn't hear any yeah. stories like that. He's just he's no. just kind of forward verbally, and he's just that <laughs> wit, you know? And he says things so, like, mo- monotone and, like, plaintively, and, like, I can't even think. There's so many. He has all the, he has all this weird dryness to his voice sometimes, and then, then little things. And, like, he can get away with saying shit that other people can't get away with saying, you know? Well, that's because he's a comedian, and comedians should be. Yeah, yeah, but his particular delivery lets him get away with even more, I think. (laughs) So it's perfect, yeah. Fabulous. He is that guy. I hear that he is that guy from 40-Year-Old Virgin. He's that guy. (laughs) Who's hilarious, by the way. Yeah, well, the, the scene with him and 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 Paul Rudd, and and he goes, and then he he comes back with, uh, "You made a bread bowl with an artichoke dip once." It's probably the single funniest line in the history of. They're the so comedy. funny when they go back and forth. Oh my oh god! Oh my god! It's so funny. It is so funny. And, and, and it, yeah, maybe the joke's a little outdated, but it's a bro joke, and I still laugh at it. You know? No, I love it. <laughs> it's funny. So we're gonna. I would. I want to steal Oscar- Paul Rudd. Oh, I, I want to do a lot more than that to Paul Rudd, but we won't go there <laughs> yeah. right now. Um, yeah, you know, so we're going to put this Oscar season to bed because we've got so much more to look forward to. It is 2017, and 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 I hope we get a better best song than City of Stars. I would have even talked, taken audition over City of Stars in the same movie. Yeah. But, but, but we'll just put it all to bed. Time to go by. See you later. Next year, La La Land, Moonlight. I got a lot of films to catch up in because, once again, there's only a month to see 10 films in the theaters, which is impossible for anyone to do. <laughs> Come on, guys. you got to yep. release these films so we can see them. You know, we want to see the movies. you got to give us access to them. And they can. They just don't. You know. But there's a lot more to look forward to and it's you know and our ultimate in Queenie I know for a fact our love is independent horror and independent film because even though a lot of the films that we love will never ever win an Oscar let alone be nominated for one but we don't need the Oscars to validate it but I still enjoy the Oscars as a film geek in the sense that it is the last little vestige of old school Hollywood yeah it seems like it's more relevant every year it'll be interesting to see what happens now that because right now we're in the two year cycle so that means not this Oscar coming up but the next Oscar coming up will have the new voting pool in we'll see how that changes everything because the voting pool changed this year but that doesn't mean that the movies will it takes a couple years for the movies to cycle through so we'll see what the next the, the, the new academies films are in two years so we'll come back here mm-hmm. next year and have a quick talk but in two years we're going to have a serious Oscar talk because everything's going to change so 
Thank you, Academy, for all the entertainment all these years and a pretty good show. We'll give you a thumbs up. You know, get it on more streaming services, ABCs, and you'll get better ratings. I promise you. Uh, so. Yeah. You know, I'm fuck, fuck them on that, but that's another story. So, it is now 1025, <laughs> and we don't have a lot. I don't have a lot of things I want to. I'm not going to do a full community calendar tonight because, like I said, I have the flu, and Erin Marie has been very quiet lately because she's got the flu, and, and we're all kind of messed up. But there are a few things we need to talk about because they're mad, mad, mad important. First of all, I've been trying to uh, – we have a Monster Mania coming up on the 10th, of March and Erin yep, yep. Marie, are you there? Yep. All right, girl, yes. you're on. We got to talk about this because it sounds like that Aunt Bonnie possibly and I might I'm also join Erin Marie. Going. She's yes. going. So the, sex, so the sexy witches will be at Monster Mania up in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, on March 10th, and so um, and headliners you gotta are. Better. You got to get better, Erin. Yeah. Oh, I John can't wait. Cusack, Wilford John Brimley Cusack, are, Wilford Brimley, <laughs> Louise Fletcher, Nurse Ratchet, right. uh, the Shining Twins, uh, Ted White coming out of, huh? I think Ralph there's a thing reunion. Did you say that? Oh yeah, sorry. Ralph Macchio is just added. Although oh, yeah. we're, uh, my sister texted me a couple of hours ago and said Joan Cusack was actually added to Spooky, so I'm kind of hoping that she'll also be added to Monster Mania. <sighs> That would that be, awesome. be rad. Oh, yeah, that'd be was, so cool. I, I started watching uh, Lemony Snicket, and she's in that right now, and she's pretty good in that. Oh, right the now. new one? So, yes, yeah, she is. Yeah. Right on. It's really good. I watched it. Yeah. I watched that on Netflix when it first came out. Yeah, I watched it all in one day. Family. It's, love the trailer. Haven't seen it yet, but love the trailer. It's oh, it's really excellent. up your alley, Aaron. You're, you're gonna like it a lot. It's totally up your alley. So, um, so, so it has a ton of Easter me. eggs too. And and I'm I'm I might go as well. I ha- I might just go up for the day. I haven't decided yet how I'm gonna play this, but I'm definitely thinking about going. And uh, Monster Media Please is do. always one of the better shows. Um, and so that's coming up. Also, um, this weekend, we can't, there's two major things happening. First of all, it's, um, it, this is in Queenie's part of the world. Hey, Queenie, what? welcome for you. We've got to talk about, even though I know you're not going, but we can talk about Emerald City Comic Con if you wanted to a little bit, if you know anybody that's anything, any dishes about it. Um, that's this weekend. Yeah, not really. I Not really because I'm not going, so I didn't really look up anything. Um Sorry. <laughs> well, but it is one of the biggest comic conventions of the year, so we got to make sure we do mention it. It's actually in its 15th anniversary, which is like absolutely ridiculous. Is that it's known? Of course, is always good cosplay and all of these things, but it actually has one of the stiffest, hardest competitions in the circuit. Um, people like seriously, seriously do um, just cosplay for just this particular convention so um and uh so that's always a good thing so it's always a good thing even if you don't go to the show because the show is expensive you can always go to the outside because there's still plenty of shit to do out there so if you're in Seattle area this weekend four days long is the Emerald City Comic Con so ECCC and Funko has a gorgeous line of 
limited editions for it, including a Captain America that I've been drooling over. Uh, and I'm not yeah. even a Marvel fan, and I've been drooling over that one. So uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's good. But we also have a few more things coming up, guys. This is the time of geeks. We're going to have a great fucking March and April. Um, continuing in March, we have a movie, two movie, major movie. Well, first of all, Logan comes out this weekend, right? And Wolverine Ooh. movie, which, which oh. happens to be the, the last Patrick Stewart film as an X-Men as well. Yeah, so, that's what he says. Um, we'll see. I've been digging... <laughs> We'll see. I've been digging the fuck out of the trailers. I will have to admit, Logan looks really good. It's been getting um, excellent yeah. reviews. Yeah, yeah uh, it, it really has been, and uh, I'm so I'm. I'm I think it's the emotional pull. I think the emotional so, aspect is really. I think it's winning over audiences really well. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet, obviously, but that's what I can gather from it. It's so, a great honestly, story. Before, old, old man Logan is one of the yes. best. Wolverine stories. I ever. love it. Yeah, it's and funny, it is. I it's in that world. I read that one. Oh, so. so good. And 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 it just and because he was a bit a little. He's not old, but he's a little older now. And it just it's like he's kind of even from the trailer. Can't you feel that he's just kind of comfortable in his shoes, even though there's oh, yeah. horrible things going on. But he's comfortable he there. It. You know, he, he likes where it. it's. Yeah, and even more more so now that he can be a little older. I think because before, you know. He's not supposed to age, and everybody else is like, you know, all this stuff is gone. That's so a lot of pressure. It's in, it's immense pressure every time he becomes that character because he's usually very – he's naturally way skinnier than Wolverine. He has to bulk yeah. up every <laughs> time. And it's he's been, what, 17 body. years, this poor man, you know? <laughs> oh, it's not – you know, I, I don't have any issues with him doing that, though. I mean, oh, it, no, it's no, been no. good for all of us. <laughs> oh, I'm sad to see it end, but I understand. But I'm I'm so uh, sad. And I, I really, even more so because this will be the end, I, I really want it to be this awesome, poetic, like, I want to cry and then go home and touch myself. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted I wanted to do more Broadway. Uh, I I missed seeing the Boys oh, yeah. of by literally two he days. Probably will. I, I, it done. closed he loves it. right when I was. He there. loves to sing and dance. Oh yeah. So I I I'm looking forward for more more Hugh Jackman on Broadway. Please do so. Mm-hmm. Um, now that he's going to have a little he's bit quite more quite the dapper fellow that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also on the tenth. There's a couple big movies. Uh, one for us. Kaiju fans, the Kong Island movie drops, and I have Skull many feelings <laughs> on it. Skull Island, yeah, yeah the Kong Island movie, Skull Island movie is dropping. Um, it looks okay. I, I'm, I'm it's like okay. not sure. I, I, I don't know if it's gonna be the the Kong movie we want. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. I, but you know. But it could be fun, and and you know, uh, and I I always like watching monsters fight. So let's watch monsters yeah. fight. But if I really don't want to do that, I, I can go two doors over and sit down and watch the Train Spotting sequel because Train Spotting also drops that day. So T oh, two, yeah. and and and, that's and Danny so, Boyle, and he's oh amazing. my god. All hail, Danny Boyle. The trailer looked surprisingly good. Like, I was in shock. Right. Why would you ask yourself, where the fuck could you go with a story like that? And then Danny Boyle is like, here's the fuck where you could go. And I'm still going to make relevant social commentary. Fuck you. And it's too little, too. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see some of our millionaire? (laughs) He's awesome. He's just... 
everything he touches. And it's like, and it's, has anyone noticed that every, it's like every movie Danny Boyle does is a different fucking genre and it's still handled like as deathly. It's crazy. It's crazy awesome. Uh, he he looks great in the movie. All of them look amazing in the film. Uh, you know, and then what what's his name? Oh, it's in Brendan Carlyle is you know that he, oh Robert he's still and Robert, Robert Carlyle. Carlyle yeah Robert Carlyle I love Robert Carlyle. Was, yeah. One of the greatest he actors of his stuff. generation. I'm so glad him. we get to see him do something more than than gold. I actually like him a lot in Once Upon a Time, but I think he's so much better than the show he's in. Uh, he is. So, yeah. You, know, yeah. you so were telling nice me before that you him. watched that show just for Rumpelstiltskin, and I was like, I get, and I tried, and I couldn't even. I couldn't yeah, do I it. Well, that and the and I love that man, I but I was like, it. sorry, Robert. I'll watch Ravenous like twice a day as tenants. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> I, I we really also have the like new uh, live-action Beauty and the cool. Beast next month. Oh, I know. Right, we're we're yeah, devoting. Right. Our show on the 14th is devoted to that, by the way. So you right know, our, next, our, our next major show will be the 14th. And that we are great. Beauty have you guys the seen – there was just a live-action French one with um, – oh, geez, I'm super – like, was married to Monica Bellucci – Ba-ba, ba-ba. Did you guys, Belly Bet, did you guys just see the French one that came out? Like, no. maybe you, you mentioned it. You mentioned Look, it, but I thought Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, see that, and then maybe we could talk about it. But it'll be, you could show, have your show, of course, mostly about that. But if we, if any of us had seen oh, that. Oh, well, no, I, I would totally about. love to talk about other versions of Beauty and the Beast because it's absolutely one of yeah, my Yeah, it just came out, like, maybe time. a year ago. Not, not even, not even as a as a, as a movie. I love Grimm's Fairy Tale. Uh, I mean, I yeah. love everything about Beauty and the Beast, and and also I love the, the John story. Cocteau uh, version is is so yeah, my favorite. My favorite. Oh, I mean, everything that we yeah. want in a fairy tale in clothes porn, and even though it's in black mm-hmm. and white, it's really not. It's this beautiful sepia tone composition, you know, it's just, it's a beautiful film. So I yeah. love John Hector's movie. So that is going to be the 14th, and my my girl, and I hope I'm saying her name, right, Emily Intervia, she's actually the owner of the podcast, The Feminine Critique, which is a kindred spirits, ladies and gentlemen. They are geek girls like us. They like Lifetime movies, but they also love porn and extreme horror, and they often pair talking dog movies with an R-rated horror flick for the hell of it. <laughs> uh, you know, they're great, and so she's going to come on and talk with us about Beauty and the Beast live action, because, of course, just like a lot of us, she was just saw the trailer. She was in Blubber Butt. You know, <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God. I was a Blubber Butt watching Joss Gadson Gaston yesterday, which dropped online. I was like, yay, because I knew Gaston would just nail LeFou. I knew that was going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. I'm still worried about – I'm not convinced on Lucas, on Lucas Evans yet. I'm still not convinced. I, he, he only sang one line in the song, in the, in the clip they showed. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm hoping, I'm holding out, because I know he's a professional singer. Matter of fact, when I asked about I – I didn't actually know when he got the job. I go, hey, I go – I wrote online. I was like, hey, do we know if Lucas Evans has any singing background? And all these girls wrote back, what the fuck are you talking about? It's Lucas Evans. He's not all in there. You know, like this thread of people going, you don't know. And they started posting all this stuff of him singing. And I was like, okay, okay, I guess he's a singer. Uh, you know, so I was like, wow, you know. So um, – <clears throat> 
so that's we will have a whole show devoted to that. So, and 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 also, and here's the thing: I'm actually going to have two shows back to back next month. That's my big announcement to you guys. The March mm-hmm. Madness begins in on the seventh. Oh, Already, we are starting madness already. It's going to start in March and go for the entire year, right um, to October. Um, so I'm going to come on on March 7th, um, and maybe just for an hour, okay? And if you guys want to join me or not, it's up to you. Because usually I give you two weeks, and this is only going to be a week, okay? A week flip. Um, but this, but what I'm going to do, we're going to talk about the madness theme. I'm going to put an event page up and talk about what we're going to do for the year. And it's basically, it's going to be kind of a combination of judges and people's choice of how we're going to do the madness this year. Basically, um, the people, I'm giving it to the people, ladies and gentlemen, they will be able to choose the mascot (laughs) films and the bonus points for the year. Choose your own madness. Yeah, so I'm going to explain how all of that's going to work in a week on March 7th. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, March 7th, mark your calendars, madness theme announcement, 10 years of fears. What is that going to be like? Believe me, by the time we get to October, you'll definitely be sick of horror films. All right, (laughs) here's the important question I need answered. Do I get uh-huh. bonus points if I call in on the show? Not on this one. Not on this Damn one. It. All right. Not on this well, one. But I will, but I will do, do the annual one no, in March. No, you're part right. of this one, you silly warlock. Hey, I'm still you can't do blame the me if March. I'm a point score. That's on you. Okay? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. All right. Uh, in March, I mean, in May, I'm sorry. In May, I always do the Madness show. I'm still going to hold that show where I introduce the judges. We're still going to do that one in May. Uh, but uh, we, we, so that's the one where we start to do points. But this one is just you know going to be the how the theme is. I'm sorry, sweetie? Do you know who the judges are this year? I have two judges already, yes. Ooh. So they will, I'm going to talk to them and see if they want to be on the show. Uh, so, yeah, I have two judges already, and I will be opening up to judge recruitment as usual in, you know, March, April, which is something I've always done for the madness is, you know, this is the time of year I'm working on the theme. March and April is when I get the judges. May is when I announce the theme and announce the judges. And then of course, June, July, August is, is nothing but horror film fun until like August is when I start writing the rules for the madness. But this year, the rules are going to be written all year. Uh, I'll talk about it more. It'll be it's gonna it's gonna be an experiment. I've never done this before. I also have to get everybody's last year and the year before posters out to them. <clears throat> Still haven't done that yet. It yeah, might work out really well. It might work out really well because if it's working out maybe the way that you're hoping, you're probably hoping that it'll end up showing you where people need, like where they either want to learn or where they want to hang out in like what areas, like having them, you know, have input on where, what you pick for the theme. Is that what you're saying? You're going to have them pick the theme? Or well, I, I'm going to have them, not the theme, okay. not the theme. This is going to oh, okay. be kind of a. I'm smoking out. I'm smoking out. Oh, yeah, I'm smoking out. Now, this, this is kind of like going to be a combination of greatest hits and people's choice. And I'll, I'll talk right. about it in detail last because you remember there, there's been 10 10 years of madness eight years of themes 
And I actually have every single, believe it or not, I still have every single bonus point that's ever been written since that set, hmm. that first theme year, Bad Baby Blues in 2009, where I actually had a baby during the madness. Oh, <laughs> so, see? You yeah. tell me something like that, and then it's like I have no excuse to not do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to do it again. The, I, okay, I've had a baby during the madness. I've bought. I've but are you, but are you really madness. like when you watch the movies though? Are you sitting there and like literally watching it, or are you like fucking doing the dishes and the shits on in the corner, and then uh, you're like no, vacuuming I, and the shits on in the room? Does that no, count? Do people would, do that? Because like, how the fuck is everyone watching so many goddamn movies? Because I always fall no, behind. I, when I, play I, like I watch. I watch. I I I did a Larry Cohen. Uh, marathon. I watched all his movies because he's got bad baby movies, and I watched. But you're doing. You have to time. be doing other things at the same time, though, right? You're doing other. You're multitasking, correct? You must be doing things at the same time. There's no oh, way I'm you can have a normal life. Uh, well, but you know, I also don't have the pressure of uh, uh, of you know, as as the creator of the madness, I don't have the pressure to watch as many films as you guys do, you know? No, but that, so, that's what I mean. The ones that are, like, the the super watchers. I'm like, bitch, really? Like, you're watching uh-huh. all those movies? Like, I'm like, no way. You're, like, vacuuming and it's on. You know, like, yeah, Poltergeist, seen that shit. You know, watch it. It's easy oh, point. Sometimes, <laughs> but honestly, I try to watch as many things I've never seen before. Because, like, I really wanted to see Grace. And, and, and that was one oh, of those great movies. Yeah. And I... Yeah, it's and a great game. I love your game. It's a fantastic game. I just get mad Baby because Blues? I get competitive and I cannot keep up because I because I don't want to break the rules because I'm I'm morally strange like that. <laughs> Baby Blues was horrible. That was the one about the mom <laughs> that gets the postpartum depression and kills all her kids with pitchfork. Uh, I saw uh, that one. <laughs> and and it was awesome because I saw all these horrible bad baby movies and I'm I'm in a cesarean I had a serious infection I've told the story before and I'm in the hospital for three days recovering uh, and my night nurse was a horror geek and so I told her about all these movies and she got so <laughs> excited about Grace she was like oh I gotta see this right now and I was like so it's very good. <laughs> And so I had good, kindred yeah. spirit in the late night, and she was so cute and funny and bouncy. It was exactly the kind of person you want at 3 in the morning when you can't sleep to be your friend. You know what I'm saying? You know, she's like, know. oh, I can help you. So that was awesome. But, yeah, and then we did Odious Oozes, which was the son of Blob was the mascot film that year. And uh, that was um, because of the, ex- cause of the uh, Deepwater Horizon spell. That was in honor of that. So that was a, oh, actually that was a really late theme. Uh, so I was like, I was like, it was the most horrible thing I've heard in years is this thing. So I'm gonna do it. And then and then we did. I have to keep going, but then it was hack and slash. And then we were gonna get to our fun. Then we were classic creatures. And then we were video nasties, which most of you guys came on at video nasty mm-hmm. and classic creatures. Mm-hmm. You know, That's so and here we are 10 years later. So we have all these themes like, you know, uh, automatons, which was one of my favorite years, was dolls and robots. That was so much fun. Uh, I mean, I, I, I discovered Choppy Mall that year. And Choppy Mall is now, which, by the way, the new Blu-ray is so good of Choppy Mall. The one that, Vestron Video, which is Lionsgate's got a Vestron Video line. And the first movie they released is Choppy Mall, which is the killer robot movie in the Galleria mm-hmm. in L.A. It's awesome. 
great movie, great slice of life. Oh, it's awesome bad. Yes. It's an awesome it's bad movie. Stupid, yeah. stupid film. I've screened Up it. Up there with Blood Diner and Motel Hell. It's like it's like an 80s <laughs> mall version, you know, but There's a equivalent. new release yeah. of, of Blood oh. Diner that's really good, by the way. Uh, I think it's South Factory, maybe. I have to look it up. But there's a really good Blood Diner release right now, too. I forget so who released it because that's the one for me. There's always like a rivalry, it seems, between um, – it's kind of like, you know, normies. or It's like for normies, it's like South Park. Or Family Guy, and for horror people, it's like <laughs> Motel Hell or Blood Diner, and I pick Motel I, Hell. But I Motel pick Motel Hell too. I agree with you, yeah. but I do. Wait, there's a Motel Hell Diner. I'm just kidding. You know, Blood Diner's kind of silly, but um, so it's, oh, it's and, fun, and also, but like fun for me. It's fun for like five, ten minutes, and then I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> but if you get to the, but if you get to the if you get to the end of that film where they mm-hmm. finally do bring Cheetah to life, yeah, yeah, then it's then it getting good again because you got the, the bitches there and stuff's going on and you know. Yeah, I mean, since it's, it's, the things go to the walls, right? so <laughs> there's no, it, it's crazy. But but Toppy Mall's a better film overall. He's a more talented director overall. Uh, you know, he, he's done so Toppy Mall's stuff. fun. Oh, oh my yeah. god, it's got. Kelly Monroe at the height of her career. You have Barbara Crampton at the beginning of her career. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, and, and and isn't it? It's and awesome it's, these days to see something that's supposed to look so futuristic within an, within an atmosphere, a mall of an area that's like it's died out now. That we don't have mall culture anymore. No, so for, and for, no try no, to be super for her to be for to be like you know it's so futuristic and it's happening in a mall near you. That's fucking <laughs> even. So much better. It just ages like wine. That movie. So I had to look it up because I know it was in the Galleria. That movie <laughs> shot in the Galleria, which was the epicenter. And Aaron Cogan can say that was the epicenter nice. of the oh, Valley yeah. Girl movement in the eighties. Was the Galleria. Nice. Two other films were shot there. I think it's in the San Fernando Valley, and that would have been Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And there was a third one. What was the third film? Mall culture movie. Uh, wasn't oh, scenes was, from a mall shot there? Maybe I'm not, but that doesn't count. Yeah. I know that is in the '80s year, you know, era. Oh, '80s. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Valley Girl itself was shot there. Oh, I was that was what it was. I'm like, because the minis yeah, of Valley Girl, I, I was thinking about Frank Zappa. <laughs> no, it was Valley Girl itself. So yeah, so that so that movie. Uh, so I really love Toppy Mall because it really is not only is it a good film, like like a quintessential '80s movie. You can't get more '80s than that movie. The the plot is a slasher plot from beginning to end. It takes all the costumes and makeup and stuff are definitely '80s. The stars are '80s kids, and and you get to see what '80s mall culture was really like like almost all the storefronts in that movie are real there's two exceptions one is the gun store which they changed to peck and paws guns or something like that oh. you know it's a it's a shout out to peck and sam peck and paw uh, you know so that's not real and the, the paint store that they get all the molotov cocktails from uh is in the set everything else was it was real and my favorite in the background I mean, there were so many stores in a mall in those days. You could have one called the House of Almonds. You're just selling almonds. That's what you I do. I remember House of Almonds, yeah. House of Almonds. 
Yeah. <laughs> like so, that just makes me laugh. They're like, why? You know, the so un- actually, the underground mall. mall, the underground <laughs> mall in Montreal is still kind of like that. There's like a mile or yeah. a little over a mile in in downtown Montreal called Centreville that's underground because it just gets so fucking cold up there in the winter. So they just went down from underneath the buildings and built underground, and it smells lovely like pool. I lived right there for a couple <laughs> of years, and it's just like that. They have these specialty stores where you're like, really that? just for that but it's but it's also kind of awesome because it's also kind of like walking through an a museum in a way you know everything's mm-hmm. or or it's like to me it's almost like walking by various altars everything's an altar yeah. to its own thing <laughs> so yeah. yeah there's one very oh, similar to that in chicago uh i i walk to you can walk from the downtown area of chicago to the courthouse which is only like 10 blocks normally but in the winter is not anything you want to do <laughs> and, and it's like that too mm-hmm. they have like random you walk around the corner there's a random shop there with some kind of like you know prosperity cat bobbing at you in the window <laughs> you know that kind of thing. <laughs> so, you know anyway so that's it I was all of my community calendar I had so um you know, other than the madness announcement, which I've been holding out on. Oh, and one final thing I want to say, and, and, and um, hooray, let's go back to horror. So let's end on a horror night. Congratulations to Mr. Jordan Peele, the comedian, for busting out yeah. the first major horror film of the year. $30 million yes. for his spin, Get Out, and 100% on the Rotten Tomatoes meter. Congratulations, dude. He is so excited and elated, he announced he's going to do a whole string of horror films. So I really want to see get out these people taking horror seriously because things can yeah, be, so movies can be dramatic, they can be real movies and just happen to be they, fucking absolutely horrific. They are real movies and, and, and maybe Jordan yes, Hill will be the, be the one that gets, maybe get out, will come back in a year and we'll be like, yeah, right. get out, made it, made a, made a screenplay or a cinematography or an acting night. I heard all the Yeah, tips, see, so. that's the thing. Well, we love all the, all the niche stuff, you know, and, and all the kind of mega stuff, all the, the weird tonage stuff and the cult stuff, but I, we need more movies that are just real quality movies that just happen to be absolutely horrifying. Yeah. And there's so much horror all around us. I mean, everybody can look around, and I, maybe and that, maybe it's yeah. painful to put that in your art, but, like, it's there. And for people to say the horror is, is not a genre that, that can be taken seriously is just crazy to me in this day and age. We all need and, to and learn it, from it. And yeah. and I'm so I'm I'm really excited because that actually that that it did so well in January first of all and um, which yeah. I always say January always has that one gem everyone's like January is a shithole I'm like no one of the best films of the year usually something that makes my top ten comes out in January almost always well you have to call it your February. January gem. Yeah, January, January gem. gem. So, or this has <laughs> been a February gem, but yes, it's awesome. So, thank you all for being on the show, and we're gonna go ten minutes early because I'm honestly I need to fall over and stuff. But let's go <laughs> quickly over. I gotta say goodbye to all y'all and and let you. First of all, we are coming back, ladies and gentlemen. At least I am. I'll talk to my rest of my sexy witches here, um, in the next week. 
one week from today. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, one week from today on the 7th of March. And it's only going to be an hour or so show, and it's about the Halloween horror movie marathon madness, my big uh, <laughs> contest I have in October. Still going to be in October, but this year is our 10th anniversary. I did this online before I did anything else. This was my first social media experiment, and I'm still doing it 10 years later. And, uh, you know, so uh, here we are at 10 years later, and we'll talk about how that's going to work. So I will put an event page up, and please let people know. And Sexy Witches, you know you're, you know who wants to play the madness. It's time to let people know it's coming. Oh, uh, yeah. Madness. The madness is slowly upon us, but it might be the whole year of madness. So, uh, and um, but then we're going to come back again. It's a be- uh, then we will then we'll come back on the 14th, which will be our regular sexy witches episode, and that will be the recap monster recap monster mania, and our beauty and the beast extravaganza episode. We will talk about the culture of beauty and the beast in movie and book and on television and whatever we want to talk about. We'll talk about, obviously, the Disney movie that is influenced the new live-action movie, and if some of us have seen it, we'll talk about that, too. Anyway, um, do we have any final words before I send you all off into your world? Yeah, I, I have a couple things really quickly. Um, badges are on sale and, surprisingly, still available for WonderCon back in Anaheim this year. Going to be What's not Easter weekend, March 31st through uh-huh. April 2nd. Fabulous. No, it's not. So, it's not, it's no. not Easter weekend. My wife was trying to tell me it was Easter weekend. Uh, and then no, uh, there's Easter a couple things. No, Easter weekend's earlier than that. Yeah, Easter weekend's uh, earlier. I think one weekend earlier. And then uh, there's a couple things uh, continuing kind of with Oscar here for Southland people. Uh, we have uh, a costume display uh, from the Academy Award-winning film. I can now say the Academy Award-winning Harry Potter universe film, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, as Which well as... Which it was totally deserved, by the way. Totally Atwood deserved. Represent, totally deserved. Represent. Okay, sorry. But um, also um, uh, costumes from Alice Through the Looking Glass, Hidden Figures, Batman versus Superman, a shame we didn't get to talk about Razzies this time, Huntsman, and all other things at the art. Uh, it's called the Art of Motion Picture Costume Design Exhibit, and it is now through April 22nd, the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandise, Merchandising, I'm sorry, in downtown L.A., and it's free. So uh, free. look that up at FIDM. Dot ed online, and then the other thing uh, for Southern California people, Warner Brothers Studios has been doing a tour for years now. Uh, it's kind of uh, not that well advertised and not that well known. They're doing a special for Southern California residents. So if you're in town visiting, get one of your friends to buy your ticket. Something like uh, 25% off or even better than that. It's a really good deal, and they're featuring uh, sets from a lot of this year's. Oscar winners, including the best picture of the year, La La Land. You can see the set from the best picture winner, La La Land, at Warner <laughs> Brothers Studio. Uh, what? La La Land. What? I Wins didn't see Oscar the last five minutes of the show. What? For, 
sets that look like sets. Thanks for the Oscar. Exactly. My set, I built, you know, anyway. But, but, but that sounds awesome, and I would totally do it now. It thank you, Aaron Kogan, the cuz, my sexy warlock of the Southland. Thank you for being on the <laughs> show as usual, and thank you for talking, my Oscar. Pleasure as always. Queenie, do you have anything you want to say before I say goodbye to you as well? No, not this time. Sorry. Not this time, but but we will be talking uh, well a lot more. We'll be talking madness very soon, so we'll have a lot to talk yeah, about yeah. in the future. So thank you for sitting in with us, because you know we even no when problem. you don't know the subject, you always have important conversation comments to make, and I love you on the show. So thank you for being on the show, and we'll talk about more horror very soon. I promise. So, Bonnie, thank you. you're welcome to me. Oh, I want Bonnie. to say thank you guys. I'm not a huge, I'm really not a huge Oscar person as well. Um, I like me some pretty dresses and some pretty garb, so I'll watch mm-hmm. all that stuff. I don't, you, I'm, but I'm in awe, honestly, like being here and participating in the show and listening and casually throughout each topic that you'll mention, you'll, you'll zoom in and out and you'll mention that specific years and, you know, what, what, you know, someone was wearing when they won for Aaron Brockovich. I'm like, holy fuck, these people really love the Oscars. And this is what the Oscars do for people. And you're, sh- you're showing me a little bit of, of the magic. And, and I, un- I understand. And that's the thing is, like, I, I feel the same thing that you feel that, like, some of that kind of the dust is coming out of the, out of the bag. So you have to kind of, like, hold it a little bit tighter as long as you can. So thank you for giving me that. And thank you for having me on the show. Oh, well, thank you, as always, for coming on the Aww. show. And very soon we're going to talk about more because it's uh, the ethereal film. So we're going to talk about a lot of indie horror coming up in the next couple of episodes after I'm excited to talk April. about Beauty and the Beast. Oh, so am I. I'm so excited for that. I want to talk about it now. Yeah, I'm going to talk about Disney, and I'm going to be like, French film, French film, French film. <laughs> Just kidding, <laughs> but kind of, but not. But kind of. They're <laughs> no, totally different. Kind of. The French film is dark. And you yeah. should, it's not over, all over, but dark, much darker than the Disney film is going to be. And, and, pro, and not, I don't think it was a musical. I forget. I'm going to watch it again. I'm going to no, be ready. Watch it I'm definitely going to look yeah. it up. And, and so Vincent Castle is the musical. Vincent Castle is the beast. Like, how can you not want to see that? <laughs> don't freeze up in the north up there because it's going to get cold I soon. Know. So bundle up. And all right, my flu-ridden, sexy porn witch, thank you for struggling through tonight with me on this one. So, always. always. I love you, Erin. Get ready so we can have many shenanigans soon. Mwah. Yes. And we will, even if I don't go to Mystic uh, Gun Monster Mania, I would assume I'm going to join you on the way up, so. right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely stopping. I have your pieces shirt, so you need it back. So, Ooh. <clears throat> Yes. Yeah, I washed it, by the way, and I didn't dry it. I laid it out. It's great. So, anyway, I took good care of your shirt. <laughs> so. Oh, those those shirts hold up well. You could have dried it. Oh, I know. Well, I did, but not that way. But anyway, I didn't shrink it. <laughs> anyway, so I digress, but thank you all once again. I'm going to come back on the 7th for our special madness episode, and we'll come back again on the 14th, Tuesday, 9 p.m. live. Blessed be in good film hunting. And, folks, we are leaving you tonight with uh, a couple years ago. I was in Mardi Gras, and I went to Eunice, uh, which is Cajun country. And so we're leaving with the Treme soundtrack with a real true La Danse de Mardi Gras. And, everyone, have some king cake, and see you in the seventh.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.